This episode of Killer Heart to Hearts discusses potentially triggering topics, including drug abuse and murder. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome or welcome back to Killer Heart to Hearts, where we bring you true crime cases in story form. I'm your host, William Cannon, flying solo this week as COVID-19 has all but knocked my co-host, the incomparable Elise Budell, on her proverbial ass. But fear not, my friends, she is on the mend. And don't worry, I got this. But before we begin, if true crime in story form is your jam, and you like our show, please consider giving us a like, rating, or a follow wherever you listen to us, or on any of the social media platforms. You know the drill. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, X, and TikTok for additional content, or you can check out our website, KillerHeartToHearts.com. Now, this week's episode is called This Is The End, and we're going to be taking a closer look at one of the far too many, far too many mass shootings to take place here in the United States so far in 2023. One of the more than 500 such mass shootings to occur here as of the writing of this episode. But this one, this shooting, happened to occur at the Electronic Music Festival Beyond Wonderland up in Washington State just this past June. Maybe I'm naive, But I don't usually associate ravers and EDM with gun violence. All the rolling ravers and club kids I've ever come across out here in Hollywood always seemed far more likely to hug it out rather than shoot it out. But maybe I've just been lucky. But it is the unfortunate reality here in America these days that gun violence knows no boundaries. I mean... If our children aren't safe from it in their schools, certainly ravers at a music festival aren't immune either. Tragic. Now, I should preface this episode by confessing that I've never been to an electronic music festival, and it's unlikely I'm going to start going anytime soon. And it's not that I don't see the appeal either, I do. Thousands of Beautiful strangers in the prime of their lives going feral out in the desert or up in the mountains somewhere for a weekend of no-holds-barred, chemical-induced debauchery, I imagine. Or not. What do I know? Like I said, I've never been. But I have seen pictures. Pictures that leave little to the imagination. But in those pictures, there never seemed to be enough of a few key amenities that this podcast host would need to see a hell of a lot more of if he were to ever, seriously, consider attending one of these events. Things like toilets, and showers, and room service. But not everything is meant for everybody, and I made my peace with that long ago. But for others... Electronic music festivals and EDM music in general is a lifestyle. People like Brandy Escamilla and Jocelyn Ruiz. This is Killer Heart to Hearts. (laughs) 
coming out as gay to your parents has got to be one of the scariest things for a teenager. How will they react? Will they be shocked? Angry? Disappointed? Will they forever thereafter look at you differently, feel about you differently? Or will nothing change at all? Hell of a gamble for a young person just coming to terms with what it means to live their truth. For Brandy Escamilla's mom, Blanca, she didn't even need to be told. She just knew and waited patiently for Brandy to become comfortable enough to talk about it. But it probably wasn't her mother so much that Brandy was worried about coming out to. It was her father, Eddie. Because Brandy was a daddy's girl. Although only five foot two, what Brandy lacked in size, she more than made up for with Moxie. And her relationship with her father was forged over the better part of a decade spent on a softball field where Brandy excelled. She was her father's pride and joy, and Blanca Escamilla secretly worried about how her husband might take it once their daughter finally mustered up the courage to tell them she was gay. Blanca feared the worst. But Eddie surprised everybody. After a tearful Brandy came out to him by saying, quote, I wished you would have told me this sooner so that you didn't have to go through this pain. End quote. Almost as if he could envision the love that was waiting for Brandy, now relieved of her burden. And before long, Eddie got to meet that love in person. When a young girl pushing a bike with a flat tire showed up one morning, asking if this was Brandy's house. Her name was Jocelyn Ruiz. Nearly 20 miles she had pushed that busted bike, and Eddie knew immediately that Brandy had found love. While Brandy's mom, Blanca, could sense that Brandy was gay, Jocelyn Ruiz's mom, Anita, was taken by surprise, to say the least. When Jocelyn was in middle school, Anita found a love letter that she had written to another girl. Anita was shocked. Theirs was a traditional Catholic family. But at the same time, Anita and her husband, John, were proud of the person Jocelyn was becoming. She was strong, had a huge heart, and always stood up for what she believed was right. So Anita was conflicted. Then one day, at a high school football game, Jocelyn was acting a little odd and confessed to her mother that she was nervous. She was meeting someone. Brandy Escamilla. And although Anita, at first, was not what you or I or anyone else for that matter would call supportive of the girl's new relationship, once she got to know Brandy, and came to better understand her own daughter, Jocelyn, Anita embraced it as Brandy became like family.
The high school sweethearts went on to graduate from Mount St. Mary's University in Los Angeles together, and later went on to work as nurses in the COVID-19 unit at City of Hope Hospital in Duarte, California. And through these years, Brandy Escamilla saved up enough money to make it official, purchased a pear-shaped diamond engagement ring from a jeweler in downtown L.A., and waited for the perfect moment to pop the question. She carried that ring around with her everywhere they went. The moment finally came in January of 2022, in the middle of a frozen lake in the mountains of Alberta, Canada, when Brandy Escamilla got down on one knee and asked Jocelyn Ruiz to be her bride. And it was perfect. And after getting engaged, the couple moved to Seattle, where they settled into their lives working as travel nurses. And according to Jocelyn's mom, Anita, the couple worked extremely hard, but also played hard as they traveled, went to concerts, and ate fine foods. One of the many interests that the young couple shared was a love of music, more specifically, electronic dance music. And never was this shared love for EDM more on display than when the couple threw a live-streamed rave from their home during the COVID-19 pandemic, even getting their normally reserved parents and other family members to dance along with them. It was clear that the two missed the community environment that raves and music festivals can provide, and were very much looking forward to the day they could again experience it in person. Beyond Wonderland is an EDM festival held at various locations across the American West Coast, including in the Seattle area, where it is held at the Gorge Amphitheater, adjacent to the Columbia River in central Washington. And like most music festivals, Beyond Wonderland offers multiple different stages featuring artists across EDM subgenres like house, trance, drum and bass, ambient and dubstep, which are all, I'm told, different from each other, while somehow sounding exactly the same to me. But Beyond Wonderland is more than just music. It's an aesthetic. It's a vibe. There are light mazes and art installations, and as the festival grows each year, new interactive exhibits are added to help enhance the experience. And if you look hard enough, if you look at all, actually, you can find other things that'll help enhance the experience, too. I'm talking about drugs, in case that was unclear. 26-year-old James Kelly, an active-duty soldier with the U.S. Army, attended the Beyond Wonderland Festival at the Gorge in Washington on Saturday, June 17, 2023. He wasn't looking for drugs, though. No, he brought his own. Mushrooms, specifically. What better way to melt into a puddle of music than with a little psilocybin? James Kelly and his girlfriend of one year, Lily Luxick, had made the drive from Tacoma, Washington, where James was stationed at Joint Base Lewis-McChord. 
In just about a 20-minute or so walk from the main festival grounds at the gorge sits a campground, consisting mostly of grassy parking spots for a car and a tent, maybe a couple of lawn chairs, with community bathrooms and hot showers at centralized locations. Not exactly glamping, but it at least gave festival-goers a home base of sorts for the weekend that was pretty much on campus, a place they could go to escape all the madness. And once James Kelly and Lily Luxick made their way to their campsite, James parked his pickup and set up their tent before eating some shrooms and heading over to the concert venue. No big deal. Nothing he hadn't done a thousand times before. And James had actually gotten mushrooms from this very same source before. But it wasn't great. He started hallucinating. And bad trips can be intense. But if you start off your trip in the wrong headspace, you can actually set yourself up to have a bad trip. Any negative energy you might be giving off can creep into the experience and take you to some dark places. So you definitely want to try to begin your trip with a positive attitude. Or so I'm told. And I don't know if James had that past bad trip in the back of his mind going into this trip. But this trip? This trip hit different. They were at the concert when James started hallucinating. And it got bad quickly. James came to believe that Armageddon was upon them. The end of the world happening right then and there in central Washington. James grabbed Lily, and the two hurried back to the campground as James mumbled, This is the end, over and over and over again. And once back at the campsite, James retrieved a handgun from the center console of his pickup truck. He then loaded the gun, chambered a cartridge, and stepped out from behind the driver's side door. It was 8.23 p.m. Then, James Kelly started shooting. The next day, Sunday, June 18th, was Father's Day. Brandy Escamilla's parents, Blanca and Eddie, were at their grandson's baseball game when they got a call from Jocelyn Ruiz's mom, Anita. Police had been trying to contact them. Blanca's knees buckled. Earlier that morning, three sheriff's deputies had delivered the tragic news to Anita and John Ruiz. News that a gunman had opened fire on a crowd at Beyond Wonderland the prior evening, and their daughter, Jocelyn, was gone. Just as a hallucinating James Kelly emerged from behind the door of his pickup truck and began shooting, Brandy Escamilla and Jocelyn Ruiz were walking by together. They were always together. And when James Kelly then shot them, they died there together. Another concert goer, 31-year-old August Morningstar, was nearby when he heard the shots that killed Brandy and Jocelyn 
and ran towards them, drawing the attention of James Kelly, who then shot him in the shoulder. Things were getting chaotic. And after shooting August Morningstar, James was on the move. He headed east through the campground, where Lily followed close behind him and called 911. My man has a gun, she told them. But nothing more, as James quickly snatched her phone from her. And as they neared the edge of the campground, a 62-year-old event employee responding to the scene called Lori Williams approached along the fence line in an SUV, and James Kelly fired multiple shots at her vehicle. One bullet penetrated the windshield and struck her glasses, shattering them and causing cuts and bruises to her face. James and Lily made their way to an adjacent field northeast of the campground, where Grant County Sheriff's deputies flew a drone overhead taking video, until James shot it. James Kelly was becoming increasingly unhinged. And while in that open field, James forced Lily to lay down on the ground while he either sat directly on top of her or leaned over her while sitting beside her, restricting her movement. And at one point, it looked like Lily began to walk away from James, only to then abruptly turn around and walk back, hands raised in the air. James Kelly then shot her, too. Twice. First in the foot, before shooting her in the upper leg, a life-threatening wound that caused permanent injury to her thigh. Police had finally seen enough and moved in, shooting James Kelly once before taking him into custody. He was treated by police at the scene for his gunshot wound before being transported to Sacred Heart Medical Center under police escort, where he remained closely guarded in his room until being released into custody. Now, James Kelly has pleaded not guilty to two counts of first-degree murder, two counts of first-degree assault, and one count of first-degree domestic violence assault, maintaining it was the hallucinogenic mushrooms he ate and the apocalyptic trip that they induced that led him on his deadly rampage. If convicted, he could face life in prison. But the families of Brandy Escamilla and Jocelyn Ruiz face a life in a different kind of prison, one whose bars are memories and grief for a future violently cut short before its time. But even in the face of unspeakable tragedy, they try their best to look to the light and try to remember the people that Brandy and Jocelyn were and the love that they shared. They were soulmates who brought the best out of those around them and each other. As Jocelyn's younger sister, Julia, puts it, quote, they knew how to live life to the fullest and touched anyone they encountered, making friends with strangers they met anywhere they went. Our love for them will never die, and we look forward to one day meeting them on the other side, end quote. And when that family reunion happens in the afterlife, one thing's for sure. There will be dancing.
what a tragic, tragic end for two amazing people full of nothing but potential. So this case is recent. Happened just this past June. So obviously the outcome is yet to be decided, but still I'm curious to know if any of you feel that the I was too high on mushrooms to be guilty defense holds any water. Drop us a note on social media if you want to share your opinion on the matter, but personally, I don't think that the defense is going to work out too well here for Mr. Kelly. Time will tell. All right, you guys, that concludes This Is The End. Thank you so much for tuning in, and make sure to catch the next episode of Killer Heart to Hearts. Killer Heart to Hearts is produced, written, and hosted by Elise Budell and William Cannon and is engineered by Jordan Calhoun. 